Hi, I'm Dave Ferguson, pastor of the Collegedale Church here on the campus of Southern Adventist University. Welcome to our podcast. We're going to explore today some of the relevant words of Jesus Christ in Scripture to my life, to your life. So enjoy the message. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. To get going, we need some energy going here. When I say good morning, I want you to say God is good, okay? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, feliz sábado. Okay, you guys are getting it. You guys are getting it. Good. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. It's a privilege. I want to thank Pastor Dave Ferguson for this opportunity. Uh, Pastor Horton from the Merged Church. How many of you are coming from the Merged Congregation here? Raise your hand. Yes. Thank you guys for coming. It's a privilege to be here and and worship here on LAC Sabbath. Uh, I'm blessed to be serving as president, and I'm just thankful for all the people that um, made this happen, for the music team and for my team that's worked so hard. Guys, they've worked hard for this weekend, and I just want to, can we give them a round of applause, please, for all of them? So the title of today's message is The Calling That Bears Your Name. Father God, we ask that as we open your word, that you may speak to us. God, we're so happy we're here. We look nice. We're happy to be with our friends. But Lord, at this time, speak to us. Father, you know our needs. You know our hearts. And let your word speak for itself. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. The text we're going to be working with is found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse so I want to encourage you guys to pull out your phones, pull up the Bible app, pull up the Bible that's in front of you, and let's get into this text and learn what God has to say to us this morning, okay? It will be on the screen as well, but I really want you guys to track with me, please. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Now, in Spanish churches, we usually say, digan amen when you're there. Translated as, say amen when the when you're there, okay? So if you're there, say amen. I want to hear you, okay? And then I'll give a couple more seconds for those looking it up. First, first, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Okay, we're there. Amen. Let us read. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Amen. What a powerful way to start. We find ourselves in the story of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is a prophet, and he's young at this time. He, in the previous verse, it talks about his lineage. It talks about his family. And he is now being called by God in a difficult time in Israel's history. And the verse starts off saying, before I formed you, I knew you. Wow, isn't that crazy? Before Jeremiah was even born, God knew Jeremiah. I don't know about you guys, or if your parents have ever said this. There's this saying that I've been told. They've told me, hey, I was doing this since before you were a thought. How many of you guys have heard that saying before? Or parents here in the audience. How many of you tell your kids, hey, I was playing that before you were, in, in Spanish we say, en el pensamiento. 
before you were even considered, right? And, and it's, I would say it's a little bit condescending, right? But <laughs> it's, a, it's a way to say, hey, I was, I've had experience. I've done this even before you were in the thought. And guys, college students, let's remember, this is the time we get to make the memories so that when we have our kids, we can say, hey, we were doing this before you were even in the thoughts, right? Before we were in consideration. And so this is important and powerful because before we were even made, God calls us and God knew us. The Hebrew word there for to know is yada, and it just means to know intimately. In other translations, it says to know out of experience. So he, he knows us well. And when you know somebody, I mean, you either know someone or you don't. How many of us have best friends? BFFs. Okay. Are they next to you or are they near you? Maybe we could do a little quiz. How well do you know your best friend? Or spouses. If you're next to your spouse, how well do you know your significant other? I mean, you can maybe have a little trivia, <laughs> but that'll leave for another time. But when you know someone, guys, when you know your best friend, tell me if, if, this is, if this resonates with you. If you know your best friend, you know what they like, right? You know what they like to eat. You know their personality. You know whether they're a morning or a night person. You know whether they get cranky. You know what shows they like, right? When you know someone on a personal level, you, would, you know what they would say, right? Like, oh, if so-and-so is here, man, they would do this, right? You know someone, right? But also you know their flaws, right? You know your BFS flaws. Maybe they're a little toxic, right? How many of us have toxic BFS? Ah, I'm watching the hands. Hey, 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 yo, hey, chill. We know their, their traits as well. Hey, sometimes there's some things that we're not all perfect, right? Maybe they like to sleep in a little. Maybe they're a bit messy, right? When you know someone, you know also that they can get angry easily. You know their traits, right? When you know someone, especially intimate, you know about them. And isn't it crazy that God tells Jeremiah, before you even existed, I knew you. Before you even came, before you were even here, I knew you. I knew the traits. I knew the plans I had. I, I, I knew who you were. And guys, church, people, friends, God knows you today. He knows you. And even before you were born, before your great tatarabuelo met your tatarabuela, grandfather, man, mom, you. Before you were here, God knew you. You know what's interesting? God knows you so well. He knows your flaws. He knows your insecurities. He knows how many hours you were in your room studying for that biochem exam. He knows how many hours you were studying for that nursing exam, studying for whatever exam you had. He knows the all-nighters you pulled. God knows the habits that you have. He knows the addictions you're struggling with. He knows your flaws and insecurities. He knows that problem that you're facing right now. He knows that health concern that's in the back of your mind. He knows what you do behind closed doors. He knows you. 
He knows what's going on. But you know, even regardless, even with knowing our, our flaws and knowing our, our struggles and knowing our difficulties, God still calls you. Even knowing how you are, how you, how you interact, He knows you. And He tells Jeremiah, hey, before the womb, before you, I formed you, I knew you. And what does the text continue to say? Let's read it. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to all nations. He knows you, and therefore, he calls you. There's also one thing I want to highlight. Before I formed you. Who is this I that is saying here? That's God himself. So God right now is taking direct responsibility for your existence. Isn't that powerful? That God chose you and made you and formed you. And let me tell you, this should give us value today. Sometimes our value is tied to different things, but our value should be tied that, that God created us. He made you. Maybe some of us here today, this morning, maybe your value can be tied to what you do. Maybe your value, you've tied your value to, to the, the position you have. Maybe you've tied your, your value to how many plates you can put on that squat rack. Maybe you've tied your value to how many likes you get on social media. Maybe you've tied your value to those friends you hang out with. Maybe you've tied your value to that relationship that you're in. Maybe you've tied your value to the compliments you receive, to how you look in your appearance. But let me tell you, God wants to tell you this morning that your value goes more than that. Your value goes deeper than that. Because he says right here to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. God created you special and powerfully with your talents, with your abilities. He created you and formed you. And because he knows you, he calls you. Because he knows who you are, you know what else God knows? God knows what your life could be like when you serve him. God knows how your abilities can be used to further his kingdom. God knows your talents. God knows that future that he has. He has that plan, and he knows that as well. So because he knows you, he calls you. And he calls Jeremiah in a difficult situation. Let's go back to the text. It says, I appointed you, right? Verse 5, to be a prophet for the nations. Man, that's a serious calling. Especially in the time of Jeremiah, Israel was not in a good place. Israel was turning into apostasy. People were worshiping idols. People were, were lost. God's people lost. And God needed someone to go and, and preach for him and, and to live and to, and to call them back from apostasy. Question, guys. Think about this. Think of you being called to the UN, all right? So you pull up. You're looking nice. You're in the UN office. 
And now the message you have to give to the UN is, you guys are all in the wrong, you need to repent, and you're rebuking them. Tell the person next to you, how would you feel in that situation? Come on, tell the person next to you. How would you feel if you had to give that message? You're in the UN, you have to give it. Would you feel, would you, you think you got it or you think you don't? Right, many different answers I'd be hearing, right? Hey, guys, that's a lot of pressure, right? Isn't that a lot of pressure? To stand before the world leaders and say, you guys are wrong. I mean, if, in, my, in my personal opinion, I would be really nervous. But guys, get, get this, get this, guys. That's what Jeremiah was called to do. He was called to be a prophet for the nations, to rebuke kings. And he was young, and, and, and his calling was controversial. And guys, today, your calling is controversial. Your calling is difficult. Because why? We live in a world today where no one wants anything to do with God. We live in a world where there's apostasy. We live in a world where we worship people and, and things and, and imagery. We live in a world where people don't believe in anything. We live in a world where people oppress other people because of the color of their skin. We live in a world where people are mistreated just because of their culture and their background. We live in a difficult world right now. But God is calling us. God called Jeremiah to be the prophet for the nations. Let me tell you, God has called you to live a life that can serve him and that can go against the powers of this world. Amen? That's the calling we have today. But guess what? Man, after receiving such a call, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty nervous. And look what Jeremiah says to this call. Check it out. Go on your phone. Let's track with me, guys. Track with me. Let's go and let's see verse 6. Look at this. I totally relate to this guy. He says, Then I said, Ah, oh, Lord, God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Wow. Makes sense, right? If you're called to go in front of the UN, you'd be scared. And so here we see that Jeremiah is nervous. Ah, guys, excuses, excuses. <laughs> How many of us know a good excuse or have a friend that always is making excuses? Ah, man, is the, the knee, is the knee, not gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't stretch. Or, you know what, uh, I wasn't ready, you know? Or the excuse, no, I don't have time, you know, uh, I'm studying. Or the excuse, ah, uh, you know, my shoelace was untied. Or the excuse is, um, I'm a nursing major. Or the excuse, <laughs> sorry, forgive me, my, nurse, my nursing friends. Or the, no, they work hard, guys, come on now. Or the excuse, I'm not ready. Why don't we do a do-over? You had that one friend growing up that was like, hey, do-over, let's do a do-over, do a do-over, let's do it again. Excuses. 
And although it was kind of valid, what he was saying, he was young, it was an excuse. And you know what? I looked up the definition of excuse, and you know what I found? This is what it says. So the definition for it is a, a word or saying to excuse something where you're at fault. An excuse is something that you use to get out of a situation where you're the one to blame. Excuses we serve to get us away from a responsibility. And Jeremiah gave this excuse, hey, I'm too young. And maybe your excuse can be, I'm not talented enough. Maybe your excuse can be, someone else got it. Maybe your excuse is, I, I, I really don't feel like it. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's, that's right. Maybe your excuse is, well, I don't see anyone else doing it. Maybe your excuse is that you've sinned too much. I'm not perfect. Can God really use me? Maybe your excuse is, I've suffered too much and I, I just can't deal with it. But you know what God says to excuses? Let's go back to the text. Let's listen to what God tells Jeremiah. Look what he says. He says in verse 6, verse 7, I, I mean, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. You know what God does to excuses? He says, hey, I'm with you. I got your back. You are not too young. You are not too old. You are special and talented in your own way. I can use you. And that was the purpose. That was the calling. That was the instance where Jeremiah was finding himself. And I, guys, I, I, want, I want us to like get this for a second. The God Almighty, the God All-Powerful. Let's do something. Can everyone grab their hands? Put your hands in front of you like this, like this. I want to see your hands. Turn them over to look at them. Now close them, open them. Flip them over, flip them back. Flip them over, flip them back. Now turn to your neighbor and say, hello, happy Sabbath. <laughs> guys, 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 you're alive. Isn't that crazy? Have you, guys, get this right here. Get this right here. Have you thought that right now you're conscious? That right now you exist? Look around you. Look at this building. Who came up with it? I know I might, I might sound like that. Those one guys, you know, like, whoa. <laughs> but think of it. You're moving. Have you ever thought of how you exist? And people try to say, man, you came from this and you turned into this. You're moving, you're speaking, you're thinking, you're breathing, you're creative, you know how to love, 
You have feelings, emotions. Come on, you gotta tell me, you can't tell me that there isn't a God that planned it, that there isn't a being that carefully puts you together, that there isn't a person that lifted you up, that formed you in the womb, that gave you a sense, that gave you a personality, that gave you a character, that gave you a family, that gave you the traits that make you, you. You're telling me that there isn't a God? You're telling me that he doesn't exist? If God, okay, let's check the boxes. If God is real, then that means I was created by God. And if I'm created by God, what does that mean? God, what does he want from me? Because if he's real, there, there has to be something that he wants. Oh, brother, he wants you. He wants your heart. He wants you to, to meet him. Think of a God so big that he spoke and the world was created. Think of that God, that God that he lives in a, man, I can't even describe it. His house is like from there to like all over there and then it doesn't stop. Eternity, a God so big and so loving that he sent his son, man. Oof. Your only son to come and die for you. Imperfect as we are, selfish as we are, flawed as we are. A God so loving that he came for you. He wants, all he wants is to get to know you. And he has a calling for you. A calling that has a purpose. A calling to live for him. And, and, and knowing a God so big, how can we come up with these whack excuses, in my opinion? Lame excuses. I can't do it. I'm not talented. Let me, let me try to put it in perspective here. Samuel was a young kid. And God used him. Matthew was a tax collector. Hated. Daniel was a slave. God used him. Abraham was rich and God used him. John the Baptist was poor and he used him. David was a king and he used him. Peter was a fisherman and he used him. Gideon was afraid and he used him. Deborah was brave and, she, and God used him. Mercy, God even used a donkey to speak to a prophet who knew better. Don't tell me God can't use you. Don't tell me that you're not talented enough. Don't tell me that you don't have what it takes. Don't tell me that it's too hard to serve him. Don't tell me that because our God that we serve is way too big for these excuses. But you know what? Our God is so loving and so powerful that even with those excuses, he calls you. Even with those, even while Jeremiah was saying, God, I cannot speak, I'm too young. God calls him and gives him a purpose. He says in verse 5, I have appointed you to be a prophet to all nations. Brother, sister, friend, college student, faculty, me uh, family member. God has a purpose for you. And God has a calling for you. 
And let me tell you, maybe your calling isn't to be some evangelist talking to the UN. Maybe your calling is to become a doctor and serve God in the medical field. Maybe, maybe your calling is to become a social worker. Maybe your calling is to become a teacher. Maybe your calling is to become a business executive for his honor and his glory. Maybe his calling is, is to be that person, an artist. Maybe your calling is to be a musician. Whatever your calling is, you're here discovering it. God wants to use you and use your calling to achieve his purpose. What is our purpose? Let's find that out. Verse 9. We're same text. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. Read it with me. Guys, then the Lord put out his hand. God, this is so beautiful. He put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Verse 10. See, I have set you this day over nations, over kingdoms, to pluck up and break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. God touches Jeremiah's lips and tells him, I put the words in your mouth to speak. Brother, sister, person, person online, God has called you to serve him. To what? To live for him. Okay, now let me explain this. Let me explain this to you. We say this a lot. Live for Jesus. Live for Christ. Be a Christian. But what does it mean to live for him? What does it mean for live to, tell me practically. I'm a practical person. I like, someone tell me the facts. Tell me how does that look like, like right now. Without the title, just tell me how it looks like. Let me show you. Number one. Easy money, guys. Pay attention. Grab your Bible. Cool? Open to a chapter. Any book. Get one chapter. Grab a highlighter. First, pray. God, as I open the word, speak to me. Go with your highlighter. Read the passage. The part that jumps to you, the part where you feel God is, hey, I like this. Highlight that. Keep reading. Then read it again. After you're done, ask yourself this question. What does this have to do with me today? What is God saying here in this text in Romans? How does that apply to my life? Make it practical. Let God's word talk to you today. Yeah, we have stories of thousands of years ago, but that's practical today. The principles are practical today. Anywho, read that right? And then do it every day. I mean, don't we brush our teeth every day? I mean, I hope, right? Let's hope our breath is okay. Don't we, don't we get up every morning and put our, our clothes on, right? You know, professors, I mean, we, we better be going to class clothed. Don't we do that every day? What, what, what's the problem? What's the excuse? about going and setting a time and doing that and hearing and connecting with the God of the universe. What's the problem there? Number two. Number one, read. Don't make it such a like, oh, I'm reading. You're getting to know God and God's speaking to you. Number two, pray. All right, pray. Yeah, yeah. How does that look like? In your room, right after. Pray. 
Three things. Number one, give thanks. God, thank you for the things you've given in my life. Thank you for my family. Praise him. Thankfulness. Number two, pray for others. Pray for your family. Pray for your parents. Parents, pray for your kids. Grandparents, pray for your grandkids. Pray for your friends. Pray for that class. Pray for direction. Talk to him. And lastly, ask him. Ask him. Easy. So we read, we pray. As we do that, God slowly starts to create a relationship with you. You slowly start to grow in him. You slowly start to get closer to him. And as you get closer, I'm telling you, challenge for you, the thesis. This is the thesis. Try it for a week. One week. Try it every day. Compare that week to any other week. And you'll see, I guarantee you, that not only that week went better, not only will you feel encouraged, not only will you feel God speaking to you, but God will work marvelous things in your life. Amen? Because I believe in a God that is here and exists and is here right now. And if you try him, says, Probadme en esto, dice Jehová. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. Try him. Number one, what we did? Red, we pray. Third thing, to live for Christ. Talk to him, talk about him to someone else. Talk and share God to someone else. Because, hey, if you think about it, why are we here? We are the hands and the feet of Christ. We are so blessed to be in a church like this, in an environment like this, but God has called us to be his hands and feet. I thought of a situation, and I heard it in this way. There's a glass. You're a parent. Picture yourself as a parent. You have your kid on the other side of the glass. There's a, there's a cliff, and the kid is slowly walking to the end of the cliff. And you as a parent are behind the glass watching it happen. And you want to help. And you're yelling. But he can't hear you. The glass is too thick for sound to travel through. So you're yelling. The cliff. There's a person fully qualified standing right there. He can rescue your kid. He can grab him. But he's not doing anything. And as a parent, you're yelling, My kid, someone help. He's gonna fall off the cliff. He could die. I might never see him again. Help. The glass is too thick. And there's a slit on the bottom. You're sending notes. You're, you're trying to get a hold of that person. No reply. Don't you feel, don't you think that's, that's how God feels sometimes? Don't you think that God loves his creature? We just read, for before in the womb I made you. Don't you think that person out there, that person near you that is going through a dark situation, don't you think God wants to help that person? And there's a person there 
that is qualified, a person there that, that has gone through this, this institution. There's a person there that has hands, has feet, has a voice. There's a person there that God is trying to say, sending notes, hey, come, get my son. Rescue my child. He's in a, a pit of depression. He's in a pit of anxiety. He, he's in a, a dark place. He's wrestling with this problem. Come help him. God today is calling us to be that person to do what? To grab that child and to bring him home. Amen? God wants you to do that. God wants you to share to that person that is going through a, a tough time, that person who is going through a divorce, that person who is going through family trauma, that person who is depressed, that person who has uh, problems, who, who just doesn't know what to do, that person who wants to know more of Jesus. Because I'm telling you, there's people here that are dying to know Jesus, and they need to know how. To that person that is going through that disease and they need encouragement. To that friend that has a test, has, hasn't slept in like three days and needs you to be there for them. God wants you to be his hands and feet to that person. And he's calling you today. You are that person. If not who, you, who else? Let's get rid of that excuse that someone else got it. You are that person. You are called. And it's about drawing closer to him. You know what's so crazy? It's so crazy to me that this needs to be so stressed, that this needs to be so important. It's crazy that we need, we need enrichment credit to come and, and worship God. It's crazy to me that we need, we need something drastic to happen for us to actually serve God. We need a trauma to happen for us to actually take God seriously. We need something bad. We need an incentive. We need to be pushed. Let's change that culture. Let's change that environment. Let's start today. Why don't we live for Christ today? In your dorm room with your roommate. Why don't we live for Christ today? Let's change that, that culture that, oh, we're too cool for church. Oh, we're too cool to, to, to talk to God, to be, to, to, to know him. We're, we're too, let's cut that. Let's cut that, please, because it's so dangerous. It, it's your salvation. So let's cut these bad trends that the world, that the enemy is putting up. Let's cut that. Let's start a new one. Let's start a trend where we pray for each other. Let's start a trend that in the mornings we go through God's word and we hear what he has to say. Let's start a trend where we care when we do ministry. Let's, let's start a trend where we go to Christian service, we find a project and we do it. Let's start the trend where we support our life group missions. Let's start a trend where we come to Vespers and we invite someone who hasn't gone to church ever in their life. Let's start the trend where we show practically how to serve and how to live. Let's start the trend to live for Christ. Can I get an amen, church? The calling is simple. Jeremiah was young. You may be young. You may be uh, uh, older. You may be insecure. But God has called you this morning to serve him. And let's start today. Let's stop that nonsense. Let's get it together, please. 
And let me tell you, guys, this is not something we're gonna do and just, all right, we're doing it. This is something that we have God's help with. The text says, look at this. Verse, we're still in the same text. It says, verse eight, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. I'm not telling you that everything's gonna be beautiful from now on. If you look at Jeremiah's story, he had crazy ups and downs, lows. His life, he questioned his calling. He questioned whether things were going. And in your journey, as you're getting closer to Christ and you want to minister, you're going to have those moments. But verse 8 says, I will be with you and do not be afraid of them because I will deliver you, says the Lord. God is going to deliver you. He's going to give you the strength. Amen? I want to invite the praise team to come up. Three things, guys. Number one, God knows you. Number two, he knows you. You are called, so no excuses. Number three, you have a purpose. So today, let us ask God to help us in this journey. I want to share a song with you guys. And I'm so happy that we get to celebrate our culture too, but the song that I want to share is called Power of Your Love. There's power in God's love. And if we want to answer God's call, and if we want to serve Him, and if we want to really just have His presence in us and have God bless everything we do, it all comes through the power of Jesus Christ because we're weak. We're imperfect, but through Christ's strength, He can make the change in our lives. Amen. If you know what, sing along. Lord, I come to you. Lord, I come, Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the
vengo a ti Jesús. quiero renovar mi ser quiero renovar mi con el ser. gran amor con el gran amor que encontré en ti yo sé que todo el mal yo sé que todo el mal morning three things this morning you showed us that you knew us from before we were in the womb this morning you showed us that you've called us so there's no excuses and lastly you've shown us that we have a purpose here to help others and to live like you father God help us to remember those three things help us to to be more like you Father, allow us to change the culture and the trend here on campus, that we can come back and we can experience you, Father God, through your word, that we can experience you through prayer, that we can experience you through fellowship, through service, that we can experience you through bringing someone else to your feet, dear Father. Thank you so much for your promises, for your word. And as we depart, Lord, bless the Sabbath 
allow us to enjoy our time with our families and allow us to really look inward and talk to you and to get our relationship with you going. God, you're coming soon, Father. You're coming so soon. And we need to be ready. We need to be found fervent in you. We need to be found in your word. We need to be found holding your hand. So I ask a blessing upon the College Stoke Church, upon the merged congregation, upon the students, the faculty, the families here. I pray a blessing over each one of us that your spirit may help us to grow. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.